So are you saying that while you may understand where people's uh, concerns come from, that perhaps it's misplaced in criticizing him in this? Well, I'm simply saying, can't you just wait a while and leave it alone? There's a lot of people who are Puerto Riqueño, who are also from uh, Guatemala, who are dark and who are also fair. We are all colors in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is how it is. And I just, it would be so nice if they hadn't come up with that and left it alone just for now. All right. Can we just so... get, can we get, can we get a fucking minute? That's what Rita said. So Trent and I have been literally talking about this like all the way up until like time to record. Um, I just have so many thoughts. <laughs> I'm listen, hey, I'm going with the crowd on this one. If it's if this is the case, let's get his ass out of here right no, now. No, I don't want to go with the crowd. I want to like think logically about this. Okay, well let's think logically. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk about that, and well, what else are we going to talk about? Let's first even talk about what we're talking about, because some people yes. don't even know what the clip so, that they just heard was. <laughs> so that was so, Rita Moreno, right? Speaking on Lin Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. Yes, the um, movie that just released. He she was on, on Max the Late everywhere. Show with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's on yeah, HBO yeah, Max. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. What else are we going to talk about? We have a lot to talk about this week. There was so much going on. We have Lala Anthony to discuss. Some really oh, great yeah. TV shows are back. Um, and Spill, we're talking about Pride First in media. Um, and that so I want to, yeah, I, I definitely want to give some um, some flowers today. And the Supreme Court uh, ruled in favor of the Affordable Care Act. And it keeps coming back again and again and again. And you're going to keep getting it. Uh, okay, so yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. Let's hit the intro. Yeah. It's me, Trent and Rashad. <laughs> and I'm Marcus Drew Steele. And you're listening to Cold Pop. Oh, yeah. We're already getting into it. And we just started the episode. It's been a really great week for me. How about you? It's been an interesting week for me. So, yeah. So yeah. what's been going on with you? Let's talk about it. Uh, What's been going on? So moved into a new place this week. Woo! And so that's pretty fun. Um, it's it's always weird moving into like a new situation because you kind of have to reacclimate over again. But things are going bit. well, yeah. And so it's it's a different part of town again, and so trying to just kind of reacclimate to everything and you know different lifestyle and stuff like that. But I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm loving it. So cool. Um, Did you do here, anything fun this week? Uh, no, it's literally just been work and the gym and trying to enjoy summer. So we're working. You were doing a little bit of everything. Okay. We're doing a little bit of everything. Because you be spilling your tea, and you don't really realize I you spill your tea. I spill my tea, but I'm a freelancer. So, yeah, I've been working. Okay. I've been doing contracts and stuff like that. So, I mean, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Nice. I mean, nothing to spill. So. We'll see. I, we'll see when we get to spill. Me. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? You said it was a good week for you. Um, I mean, this week for me was, um, it was a good week for me. So I'm an empty nester now. And so yes, you are. I definitely have been out here filling my 
full fantasy. Yeah, I got um, no goodbye, no so going away gift, you no got, good luck to you. I no, definitely was on a call I when you left. I hope you're going to do well. I, yeah, because I, I was clearly on a call when you left. Yeah, me better And that. I gave you a very nice, yeah. <laughs> thank yeah, you, leave like, the keys I'm working, baby. Get out. Um, yeah. So, the thing about my job is that we are kind of back full force now. Um, uh, a lot of people and so are. We are yeah. yeah, so like I am getting into, slowly getting myself back into the commute. Um, which is oh, that's right. You went to the office. Yes. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. How was that? So when I say like back to work, you I mean, mean like, like fully back in the office. Um, all and, week? Well, no. So like we have, so we're kind of doing this thing where we do three days and three days a week. In so the like office. a hybrid schedule. Um, okay, cool. And so, you know, the majority of the time I am in the office, but I get to pick two days that I can work from home. Um, nice. And that's, that's been interesting for me because trying to figure out exactly how I go about this new... Well, not new, but unfamiliar way of getting right. to work and getting up and giving myself enough oh, time and yeah. all of that stuff. It's been, it's been a little bit of a, it's been interesting, but it's been great. My I, um, management. You know, I'm starting to make friends at my Ooh, new job okay. and all that good stuff. So that's been, it's been really, um, it's been very chill. Nice. A lot more chill than I expected. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's partly because not everyone is coming back into the office. And At so the same time, I'll just yeah. kind of give you a little bit of idea of what we're doing with my job is that it's kind of staggered a little bit. So not mm-hmm. everyone is in the office at the same time. I think probably at most there's maybe 15 to 20 people at the office at, okay. at once. Um, and we have this schedule that you kind of have to fill out. But I, <laughs> I think that it's, it has its perks. Like, we get mm-hmm. little lunches, and, you know, you might get a little time, you know, you can go fill out the space, explore, and do all of those cool things. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've been doing this week. So that means you still haven't necessarily met everyone since you guys are staggered. Not everyone in person, Yeah. no. Okay. But, I mean, you start to kind of get a feel for, mm-hmm. you know, who your group is. And work styles and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta you find get, your tribe. You gotta feel for like who your group is, I think, mm-hmm. and so it's been great. I've definitely um, have made some friends at work, and that's that's always fun. Some of the girls, surprisingly, not. Oh, really? Oh. Oh. I don't know who is who and what is what at this job. <laughs> I have no clue. Or maybe they just haven't made themselves known yet. At least not to me, because. I think I had this conversation with you yeah. offline that I thought I had someone that I said, oh, this is family. Right. And then I was completely wrong. You're like, and no. About that. <laughs> and that was, yeah. So Okay. Well, I mean, there's still time. Yeah. So um, there's still time. But anyways, back to you. What are you watching this week? So this week, I have been... I don't know. I, okay. I've not really Wait. been into TV not, that much ooh, this week. Right, we I go. will say, I've watched Loki. Loki is my new Marvel series, six-part series. It's really good. Um, the okay. second episode just aired this past Wednesday, and so it airs on Wednesdays, and um, well, it's that's, good. That's a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, I, I don't want to give away a lot just because, you know, some people probably may not have right, watched. Spoilers, spoilers or whatever. You know I'm going to watch this for sure. You're probably not. Definitely have you not. seen epi- at least the first episode? I'm not even interested. <laughs> I, I, I have given Marvel so much time. And I and I really... So much time. Yeah, I've given Marvel so much time. Given Marvel everything. And it's always interesting for me because it's me and my old man and we try to figure out like what to watch. And I had this conversation with him the other day and I was mm-hmm. like... 
you know, I wanted him to watch The Handmaiden. A few weeks ago, I talked about how much I love right, the movie. And he didn't want to watch the film it. The Handmaiden, and I, it's just, it's a piece of, it's a cinematic masterpiece, mm-hmm. and he refuses to watch it. And um, I'm like, but I've watched every Marvel, Wanda, Captain, Winter, Soldier <laughs> thing that you could name. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. So, so I'm now doing a boycott. I'm, not I'm asking okay. everyone to cancel Loki. Cancel Loki. <laughs> well, um, I, I won't cancel be doing culture. that. <laughs> but. And, um, but yeah. Okay. But it's good. Okay, I'm glad you said it's good. I don't know. I don't know if I'll see it. I, I like, you know, I'm a Marvel fan, though. So, you know, I'm going to watch. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Loki have like a little connection to Black Panther in one of the... Um, kind of ending credit scenes. Uh, not really. No, not that I can no... think of. Okay. No, Maybe I don't I'm even think they've Bucky ever Barnes. had scenes. Yeah. Maybe that's what it he is. He did. He was in Wakanda, the White Wolf. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's I'm confusing the two. Yeah, I don't think now, Loki Loki's is more them. associated with Thor. Yes. That's where. I, okay. Yes. Yeah. Thor and I'm learning, Iron Man. Applaud. And... Can y'all support me for that. learning? Support like, me. Like hello. Um, but besides Loki, I also, so I attempted to watch, and we're going to talk about this just a little bit, Yo, um, talk, In the Heights. No, let's talk about it. I, I attempted to watch In the Heights, and I know that there's a lot of drama surrounding it right yeah, now. I, I've, I'm boycotting it, because I think, from what I could gather on, like, the few things I read on Twitter, like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't watch this film. Well, I, so I... I always read the critiques and stuff like that, but then I want to I want to form an opinion well, on yeah. my own. And so I don't do that. I don't so. form my own opinions. If everyone says cancel it, I'm canceling it. That's what it is. Now, what do you really think? I'm canceling it. Because he's clearly it's being sarcastic. Well, no. I think for me, in the Heights and all of the uh, backlash that has come Lin-Manuel Miranda's way because mm-hmm. of the erasure or the lack of representation of Afro-Latinas. Yes. Um... And Latinos. Yeah, and Latinos, sorry. Um, I think has me really sucking my teeth a little bit. Um, I, for me, mm-hmm. it's it's two-part. Go ahead. Okay? I From a creator standpoint, I know how... It feels to... I know how it feels yeah. to put something out there and not have it be received, received well. well. Yeah. Um, and then... Also, I think from someone who has done, who has the catalog that Lin-Manuel Miranda has, Mm -hmm. where he's put people of color from all shapes, creeds, sizes. I mean, Hamilton. Hamilton in itself, but even in the Heights, the stage show and all, I mean, there's been a history of him giving people of color, you know, who look like, you know, from from all, all races, creeds, sizes... There's been a history of him putting those people on and putting those people there. Well, let's be what, accurate. I don't want to... When you say people of color, like, I mean, people of color are all up and through in the Heights, but we're specifically talking about darker skin and black people who may be Afro-Cuban or Afro-Latina or something like that. Because, I mean, the people who are in the film now are people of color, but they're fair-skinned, they're light-skinned, or white-passing, if you would say. And so I think you have, I think to be fair, you have to be a little bit more specific. Okay, well, what I will say, there is a history of him putting both black and brown people up in in spaces for them to shine. So there is a history of that. For sure. And so he is definitely has, in his resume, you will see that 
Absolutely. Uh, woven throughout all of his work. I think for Lynn, and I'm not, and like I said, this is from my perspective only. Mm-hmm. This is not to give anyone an out, to give him an excuse mm-hmm. to be a scapegoat or anything, but I think Lynn probably saw this is his first big feature film that he is bringing to um, to the masses, mm-hmm. uh, backed by a studio, all of that good stuff. That got delayed because of the pandemic. I'm, I mean, when you really put all of it together, like this is my first film, a, a, a global pandemic hits, all of those things. I kind of I hear what Rita is saying. Like, can we just celebrate the fact that this that mm-hmm. this man of color did this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not necessarily take a take away from while it wasn't while it wasn't as great as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Can we at least not put this man on the chopping block? Because when you have a project of this caliber, there's a lot of people at play. And while Lin Manuel wrote this, I don't think that he was the director. I don't think that he was the casting director of this. I don't, you know, there there are a lot of people at play. Now I think that he gets his name put out there because his it's in the Heights was his baby. So, so first off, before I give my room, I want to read his apology to you. Have you read his apology? No, I haven't even seen the film. Okay. I'm not, I, I thought that I wasn't supposed to watch it because everybody was saying it was canceled. <laughs> okay. So this is what Lynn said. He said, I started writing In the Heights because I didn't feel seen. And over the past 20 years, all I wanted was for us, all of us, to feel seen. I'm seeing the discussion around Afro-Latino representation in our film this weekend, and it is clear that many of our dark-skinned Afro-Latino community don't feel sufficiently represented within it, particularly among the leading roles. I can hear the hurt and frustration over colorism, of feeling still unseen, and the feedback. I hear that without sufficient dark-skinned Afro-Latino representation, the work feels extractive of the community we wanted so much to represent with pride and joy. And trying to paint a mosaic of this community we fell short i'm truly sorry i'm learning from the feedback i thank you for raising it and i'm listening i'm trying to hold space for both the incredible pride in the movie we made and be accountable for our shortcomings thank you for your honest feedback i promise to do better in my future projects and i'm dedicated to the learning and evolving we have all to do to make sure we are honoring our diverse and vibrant community siempre lmm so Here's what I'll say. Number number one, I tried watching In the Heights, but I just wasn't in a musical. It wasn't because I thought the film was bad. I just wasn't in a musical mood. I've seen the musical. I don't really like it. Yeah, I'm going to say, I don't think In the Heights is for me. (laughs) I really don't like the musical. And so that's why I was like, I'm not quite sure. But And so I tried to watch it, but I stopped like 20 minutes in. To go back to Rita Moreno's comments, or oh, so for before I even get to Rita Moreno's comments, the reason why people are upset is because of the lack of Afro, um, Afrocentric or Afro-Cuban, Afro-Latino people in the film. Basically, because Washington Heights is a predominantly black neighborhood. You know, there's not a lot of from the people who live there. I've seen on Twitter and the people commenting who actually who really have a problem with this. There are not a lot of it's predominantly darker skinned Afro Latino Afro Cuban people and not just fair skinned people. However, in the film, they're all of the leads are fair skinned. You know, besides Corey Hawkins, who's the black guy. Yep. You know, the majority of the leads who and, plays Benny, correct? Yes. Yeah. 
um, they're all, you know, fair skin. And so that's a misrepresentation of the Washington Heights community that so many Latin, Latino, uh, Hispanic or Latinx people um, call home. And so to me, I understand the, the frustration in that, the disservice. That's like telling somebody, oh, well, I'm going to do a movie about the Bronx, but I'm not going to include a single black person in it. And it's like, how, how is that? <laughs> that's how is that realistic? Like, that's not realistic in the least bit. To get back to Rita Moreno's comments, I personally think two things can be true at once. You can both criticize a film and praise the film for its uh, pushing the boundaries of a certain community. Now, do you feel like that you can do that in the heightened racial um, society that has that we are now a part of? And you feel like you feel like that that's something that you can really do. That and that's that's what I was getting ready to say. That's the problem that I have. Is I. While I agree that accuracy is important and realis realism is important, especially in film, because film is an art is an imitation of life, life is an imitation of art. So, I mean, in order for this to be believable and people to love it and feel connected and related to it, it needs to reflect our a, a lived experience of certain of a, of that community. However, with that being said, what I don't like is just this mob mentality of okay, this is what we, this is what we don't like. Everybody get on Twitter, drag it, run it through the mud and all of that stuff. Well, that's what without, I've seen. And it, that's what I've seen, too. And I, But what I think I have an issue, while I don't agree with that, okay. what I have an issue with with Rita Moreno's comments is just the whole, can we just wait? Can we just... And I'm like, what are, <laughs> I we, understand. Yeah. What are we waiting on? Yeah. Like, black, black people and people, um, darker yeah. skinned people of color yeah. have been waiting decades, yeah. if not centuries, you know, to be represented. So how much longer are they supposed no, to wait she, before I they feel Rita, that? Rita is coming from... She is. She does not have on her Unless, full hat. She's coming. She's coming from. Let me a support friend my place. friend. Like this is right. my friend who worked his ass off to get this on. Which to is get fair this, to get this film Absolutely. up. Absolutely. And yeah. made it through and got it up. And now, can I mean, can we just celebrate, celebrate him? That? Yeah, I, which is um, fair. But let's not forget that Marina Moreno has done some blackface back in the day too. Well, my, so so this is my question to you. Do you feel as though Lin Manuel? It should be Lin Manuel. Damn, Lin Manuel Miranda, who is on the chopping block for this. Yes, it should be him. Yes, okay. he's the face of this project. Okay, he wrote it. He created it. John Chu. John, I think it's John M. Chu is his name. Directed the film. Yeah. But the buck stops with Lin. Like when you go to casting and stuff like that. Yes, you have casting directors and casting producers, but you always have final say. I mean, you have to see. And I see didn't know that. that. See, I didn't know that he would have final say. Yeah, on it's your everything. project. Yeah. If you like, if you were writing a movie and you saw the leads of the movie and you didn't agree with the chemistry, it would be your job to say so. Like, this is not how I wrote this. This is not how I envisioned it. So for the leads, I don't leads, think they look yes. well together. I think what we're talking about though is just an overall representation of Afro-Latinos. Like, within, um, you're talking about within the extras and the background Within the extras, the backgrounds, the, all you of know, that all of that stuff. Yeah. Featured players, all of that stuff. I think... Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I, I to from me, what I've seen... Yeah, go ahead. From what I have seen, mm -hmm. okay, and this has been my experience on sets. Right, because I was going to give my experience on sets. This is my set. experience yeah. on sets. You have one casting... Um, you have one casting company that does right. your main casting, right? right? And then you have someone And then you have the someone... You have another casting company that does your extras. And yeah. then you have... You know... Uh, and then maybe that casting company will find featured players out of those extras to kind of bring on. I just... 
like I said, I don't want to give him a scapegoat, but I feel like that there's just so many other powers that be mm-hmm. within this that I don't... I I personally disagree that it should be Lin Man. Mm-hmm. I, I I disagree that it should be Lin on the chopping block. I go to the director. So, to to me, the director doesn't have a say in who's casted in the film. The director's job is just to make. No, the, the casting film. director does. Right. Okay, you're talking about the cast, not the director of the film. Yeah. No. I I'm well. No. I'm saying. Because you said you thought it falls on the director. But I think it. I think it falls on the film director to look at it. From from the angle of the director who was mm-hmm. supposed to be coming in with the bird's eye view and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, this is not right." See, I disagree with that. I, I think, think the director's it, job the director's job is to create the vision of the writer because the writing comes first. The writer has already created a vision of how they think that this story should unfold, and the director's job is to bring that vision to life. Is to interpret. Film. To interpret. No, not interpret. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm sure there are some creative licenses. Absolutely. It's but the I, director's job to interpret the script and bring it with to notes a, to a visual. Right, with notes. And I say all that to say is I think you have to ask yourself when you talk about the creative, you know, these casting agencies and stuff like that, you have to ask yourself, well, where are they getting their directors for? Because they're not just going out of the blues like, okay, let me find some people for In the Heights. They've gotten a script from someone about what they should be looking for, who they should be casting, and they're following that directive. So that directive comes from the top and Lynn's team, Lynn and his team. While I, while I agree that I don't think it should necessarily fall solely on his shoulders, he is the public face of this film. While he may have a team that goes that is helping him out with this and his inner circle or whatever, he is the public face, unfortunately. And when you're doing projects like this, you have to be meticulous. Like as a producer, you have to be detail oriented. You know, like the buck stops with you, unfortunately. That's hard. That's 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 hard to say sometimes. But like, if I was putting on a project. And, like, I wasn't involved in the day-to-day, but I created it. I still want input and be involved. And Well, show me what you've shot so far. Let me take a look at it. Let me see what, what this is. And then I look at it. If I don't think that it's right, back to the, back to the drawing board. So I want this what? reshot. But I just feel as though, as, like, the executive producer, creator, writer, the bug, uh, and you're a public face, like... People in the Heights, Lin Manuel does film, Lin Manuel Miranda's film, Y'all like our turned, news. We are eating his name. Yeah, up. LMM. The poor, book stops with him, Lynn, unfortunately. He is he is getting his name ate up on this yeah. podcast. But uh, Lin has apologized. Rita has also apologized for being dismissive. What did she say? Uh, she said she did. She issued an apology as well. Girl, how she about said, just know what we're saying said, before we say it? She said that she apologizes for being dismissive. Jesus of the black community while making this. She said while making a statement in defense of Lin Manuel Miranda. You don't have to trash. I, on I was other clearly people. dismissive of black lives that matter in our Latin community. It's so easy to forget how celebration for some is. Um, lament for others. And all of this could be so easy if you just thought before you spoke. Like, or think before you do these things. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, where were the people in the room to be like, uh, hey, because if you're you're going by your logic and it's the director's job to, like, spot these things, well, clearly he didn't either. So he was on board with what Lynn and everybody else was doing. So whose job was it to spot these things and to make sure that they were accurate? It seems like everybody failed because the film is out now and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, can't throw the whole film away. No, I'm not throw saying that. No, no, Cancel no, no, no. It. Get rip it, 
get it off no. of HBO Max. I don't want to see it. <laughs> and we'll figure, you know, we'll start again. Anyways, we'll again. that's whatever. Can I talk about what I've been yes, watching? Yes, I was going to say, I mean, what like, have you been watching? What the heck? Like, am I even, even in the podcast? Like, am I even on the show today? <laughs> Are you, are you, is this is a this, Katya? Is this a. Oh, I thought uh, you were doing a The Encore. Are you Keely? <laughs> absolutely not. I'm just asking if I'm in the show today. Like, what dang. have you been watching? Because I know you want, girl, I know you want to talk about some of this stuff. Well, you know, I have to talk about some of this stuff. So, number one, Dave. Yes. I love Those that are show, cats Dave. In this season. I am so excited about that. So, Dave season two has come to FX and they are kicking things off with a bang. They are in Korea oh. making things happen. Um, Davis exploring his K-pop fantasy. God. It's so... This show, I am telling you guys, this show for some reason has me hooked. I am in love with just how... Um, how the art... How... How artistic it is while being comedic at the same time. I'm gonna have to go... I, I, I watched season one. So I, I may have to I look at some season two. So good, and so I've watched the first two episodes, and so I've been watching Dave, and I recommend that to anyone. Okay, you don't have FX, you can also find it on Hulu. I would say, yeah, um, Generation is back as well. So I don't think Generation was on, it It just came airing when we started this. So when we started season four of this podcast, I think it had just maybe like the the first part of the season because we we talked about it. I don't think we did, yeah, we talked about it for um. Like briefly, but I think it was in like either episode one or episode two. I'm about to go back and look. Uh, but what was I getting ready to say? Um, no, we did not talk about it. I'm looking at season four, episode one. There was no mention of no. There was no mention of Generation, which is on uh-huh. HBO Max, which is a really great show that I fell in love with during the pandemic. Um, this show features more so a group of kids. It's very similar in the vein of Euphoria. If yeah. you are a fan of that, yeah. it's very it's very closely tied to that. Uh, but a, a group of queer kids who are kind of who built their own community in this high school and that are growing and learning and kind of going through the trials and tribulations of life. I am in love with this cast. It's cute. Um, it's a really great show. I do get a little nervous uh, when I watch this show because for me, it's like, okay, is this where kids are today? Very similar how when I was watching Euphoria, Euphoria. I was like, whoa, is this where kids are? This is what kids are doing today. Um, But all in all, these, I mean, the majority of them are really good good kids and are just trying to, you know, kind of figure it out. Um, I do think, and we've had this conversation before on the podcast, I think it is a little bit harder um, in today's society, to be queer, um, you think it's harder. I th- I do. Mm, I don't. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I think it's harder. I think I think that it's easier in the sense that you are able to name it, and there's terminology, and there there are figures that you can. Well, I feel like I had gay figures that I could look up to as well. But there's like the thing with today's society is that the social media game has erupted and mm-hmm. kind of convoluted everything that kids are seeing. And you kind of see this play out in generation. I definitely think that social media has convoluted everything that these kids are seeing and that they're taking in. And so you see it play out on the show, just how they are interacting with each other through text messages, with pictures, with videos, on apps, on Grinder, on, you know, um, 
regular social media platforms, you see mm -hmm. just how much that they are taking in. And for me, I think it's a little bit overwhelming. It would have been too overwhelming for me. And I'm, and it makes me think of just like how queer kids today are kind of dealing with this. Uh, because I, I, I work with high school kids. Mm -hmm. Well, I used to. And some of these things kind of come to light. You can kind of see it in, you know, in my previous work. You see it come to light in just how they are navigating this space. And so I'm like, child, you need to calm down. Don't grow up too fast. And, mm -hmm. you know, because there is that confidence, some of these kids just don't know exactly what to do with it. And their bodies are definitely growing. Uh, and hormones are raging and, and, and all of that stuff. And so... If you're looking for a good show to watch, Generation, to me, is the perfect combination of mess and um, mess and, and friendship. I would say definitely give it a watch because Justice, who is a queer black man um, and one of the lead characters in the show. He plays Chester. He's been really pubbing this, so I'm scared that it might not get renewed because he's like, please, make some noise for this show. Like, if you like watching it... Share it on social media, so it looks like it's in jeopardy of not getting the season know if it's two. In jeopardy, I think it was just weird how they chose to. So yeah, the part out. one and part two didn't make sense. Season one me. A, one B, like yeah. this. It's a very weird. It's oh, weird how they I chose know what to it is. Out. It might have been because of the pandemic. They Possibly. had to shut down filming, and so that's why they decided to release the stuff that they filmed, and then once they were able to film again, Possibly. come back. Possibly. I like the show though. Okay. Anything else? The, well, I do want to talk about one thing. Oh, child. Because I do, I feel like we definitely need to talk about this. So, um, before, in, in previous episodes, we had talked about the competing projects for the Aretha Franklin yes. biopic. Yes. Um, and there is Respect that is going to star Jennifer Hudson, Marlon Wayans, and a, you know, a lot of other great names. Mm -hmm. And then... National Geographic also put together Which a, is so a series. Weird. Why National Geographic? Hey, um, they put to, uh, they put together a series, Genius, which is actually a big. It's, a, it's actually it's a, a large franchise. Series. It's an anthology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an anthology series. And so, um, with this Genius, Aretha stars Cynthia Erivo, uh, as well as Courtney B. Vance. Uh, Patrice Covington, who I have met before and saw. I've, oh, really? I've, I've followed Patrice Covington. From her days of being like on stage, mm -hmm. my friend and uh, me and my friend went to see Patrice in Nashville mm -hmm. just at a stage play of Dreamgirls where she played Effie White, and it's just been amazing to see her go from that little stage in Nashville. And I went to go see her Color Purple on Broadway, nice. and now seeing her in this project, it's just wow to just watch. So her she was on Color Purple with Cynthia then on Broadway. Yeah, nice. she was, um, and so. I'd, I had made the decision that I was not going to watch Genius mm -hmm. Aretha because the family had came out and, and like, we, we want everybody to boycott this. it, cancel it, throw the whole thing away. Right. And you know me. Once someone's, once one person says cancel Child. it, throw it away, I'm done with it. And so <laughs> I got on good authority that there were some things that were shared in Genius Aretha that probably spoke to why the family didn't want it out. Mm -hmm. um, which made me curious. And so I decided to watch, I started watching it last week. Mm -hmm. um, I watched the whole thing in two days. Oh, it's not out of the norm for you. Um, eight episodes in two days, I think is a little mm -hmm. crazy. No, a um, I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching it. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's very, it's a very interesting project. I, for me, at the beginning of it, I was being taken out of the story so many times just because I couldn't get over the fact that Cynthia Revo did not look like Aretha Franklin. I was right. like, she just doesn't look like Aretha. She doesn't look like Aretha. Once you get past that and you actually get into the story, there were a lot of things about Aretha Franklin that I did not know. Um, and I'm not going to share them here. But just encourage people to go look at it. I, yeah. I don't know if I I don't even know if I would encourage people to go look at it because now I'm conflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, now knowing what I know about the Franklin family, well, I mean, and then me going into respect, I don't if I don't see some of these things spoken to in respect, I'm going to feel like I've been done a disservice. But how do you know those things are true? Well, because I saw great question. Mm-hmm. Now, part of this, part of me watching this in two days was also me researching and heavily right. and, re- like and reading and listen yeah. and listening to videos and people kind of just talk about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's um, the the trauma um, that is I, yeah. that is included in this. And it's it goes beyond a child pregnancy. It goes beyond, you know, a dad who is, you know, cheating. It's there there are some deep seated things that happen in the Franklin family at the hands of CL Franklin, Aretha's father, at the hands of Aretha herself, mm-hmm. and at the hands of the men who Aretha chose to um bringing her life that really left me floored. So then answer this. Would you encourage people to watch this? Would you not encourage people to watch this? I would say watch it after respect. Hmm. Watch respect because I just, and I went, so one of the things I did, cause I'm messy is I went to go look at the cast of respect mm-hmm. just to see if some of those people that I know, the characters, I was like, people. okay, is this part? I was like, now are they going to say anything about this person? Mm-hmm. And I didn't see them in there yet, but that's not to say that they won't be right. Um, I guess you have to form. I would say go watch respect first. Cause respect is coming out in what a month. I don't know. Or a couple months. Couple, like it's like this fall or something like that. Oh. But you never know. Like they may include some of that stuff in that movie. I re- I think that they have to. I think if, if if even if they weren't planning to, now that this project is out, I think that they really have to. Otherwise, it's going to look crazy. I watched it. I thought it was good. I definitely think Courtney B. Vance as C. L. Franklin deserves a nod of some kind, an Emmy. I would say it'd be an um, Emmy nod. Yeah. Uh, Golden Globe. Um, it could be an Emmy, it could be a Golden Globe, it could be a SAG, it could be anything. I think he deserves a nod of something just because the way that he did this from top to bottom mm-hmm. at CL was amazing. Um, the only problem that I had, of course I have to give some critique, the fat suit for Cynthia Revo was out of control. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now let's now let's just stop right here. Now, and I think that they knew it was out of control because it's only really like the fat suit for uh, for Cynthia is only included maybe in the last seven to ten minutes of the entire series. Mm-hmm. It's like in the last episode, the last like seven minutes. So you'll, why even you'll see it. it? I'm like, yeah. At this point, I'm like, why even? 
why even bring it in? But I guess that they felt like they had to, mm-hmm. um, to just be authentic. But uh, that was that was my one critique. It just didn't. It 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 definitely took me out of it. But a very interesting story. A very interesting story. All right, let's take a break. We've rambled too long. <laughs> we haven't even got I mean, to I'm our first segment. I'm not even rambling. I'm giving y'all. I'm trying to we, give y'all. A we haven't even got girl. to our first segment. Um, let's take a break, and when we come back, we will hit y'all with Wu Chow. All right, we'll be right back. All right, so we are back with our beloved segment entitled Wu Chow. Now, these are the moments where Marcus and I get to go over the things that made us say, Woo child, this week. Yeah. Marcus, you're up first. Uh, so, the first thing I want to talk okay. about, I like, know that was weird, sorry. <laughs> um, the Supreme Court. Let's talk about the Supreme Court. I'm going to get a little political on y'all for a moment, just a, a brief moment. Uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, stays in place. <laughs> the Supreme Court ruled unanimously last week that the Affordable Care Act stays after being challenged by the GOP. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about that. I don't really want to get into like the nitty gritty, but this is like the third or fourth time that they've tried to like dismantle yeah. the Affordable Care Act, and the Supreme Court was like, no. Yeah. I, I mean, and at this point, like, could you see coming off the heels of a global pandemic and them being like, yeah, let's get rid of it. Right. Like, like that is like, again. okay, who's, who, who was doing what over here? So I, 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 I really couldn't see it happening just because of the landscape that we're in now. But that's what the, uh, that's what the article. So this article is from CNN and it literally just says the same thing that you were talking about, about like pe- millions of people rely on it. Plus a pandemic. Like why would. exactly Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to give a quick woo child to that because uh, you, did you see Barack Obama tweeted? No, what was the tweet? He was just like, once again, the G- uh, GOP has tried to dismantle the Affordable Care Act again, and it's we're still standing. Basically, we're still standing, girl. We're still here. It's gonna be here. Jesus. Okay, because it keeps coming back again and again and again. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give a quick woo child to that because. That was a huge um, decision brought down by the Supreme Court last week. Yeah. What you got? Well, first up, this week, we have to talk about Lala Anthony. Oh, yeah. Who has recently filed for divorce from her husband, Carmelo Anthony, after almost 11 years of marriage. I couldn't believe that they'd been married that long. I didn't think they'd been married that long The couple married in 2010. Um, and they actually wow, have a yeah. they have a son, a fourteen year old son. What's his name um, again? Kyan. Kai. Kyan. Kyan. Um, you remember her show on VH1? I used to love that show. Lala's, Lala's full court life or something like yeah. that. I really didn't watch it. I but... watched it. I liked it. But yeah, so apparently, I thought they were um, divorced already. Well, so Lala and Carmelo have been living apart for some time, mm-hmm. um, and there was a separation that happened mm-hmm. in late 2018, mm-hmm. um, but this past Thursday, Lala submitted the actual papers and filed the actual papers, um, citing, still delivered. C- citing irreconcilable differences. Um, now, I'm not sure exactly what, what it has to do with. 
uh, my guess is probably infidelity. There have been some rumors about... But she's already said that he wasn't. Or, well, but that she wasn't faithful either. But that there's also possibly a, um, an illegitimate child Ooh, um, that could do be um, as a part of this. That'll so, do it. Very interesting um, to... How do I want to say? Very interesting um, thing to kind of have to play out publicly in front of your teenage son. But... Uh, you you sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do, you know. And when you're sick and tired of something, you're gonna be sick and tired of it. And yeah. so, uh, my best wishes go out to the entire family, uh, because I don't think that this is going to be a quick one and done, uh, divorce. Especially if there's been some. Well, he's that, not playing anymore, well, is he? Well, I'm saying that. Well, it's not even outside of that. Well, mm -hmm. because. Let's get into it, right? So, okay. of course, at the beginning of their relationship, Carmelo was definitely the, money the breadwinner and the moneymaker. But then Lala, with all of her endorsement deals, her shows, she's now on the shy. She's let's been on power. She, start, like, she was not broke when she met Car Carmelo either because she was a VJ on MTV. She was a VJ, but you know, so the she, made, don't she was already in the public eye. She was in the public eye. And she, she was already was hosting a, shows. I don't think she was making that kind of money. Do you remember when I she hosted the... Um, uh, Flavor of Love yeah. reunions. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. So she was definitely okay. doing those things. I don't know how much she was making with that, but baby has mama has stacked. Did over she host years. Charm School too? No, that was Monique. No, I mean like the reunion. Didn't she do like the Possibly. reunion with Charm School? Possibly. Okay. Um, but I mean, mama has yeah. stacked. Um, and so you know she's been doing it now. I don't know if we're ever going to be Carmelo's like NBA money because that money is guaranteed always, regardless if you play or not. Um, it's just there, but when you got friends what, like Kim K and Kelly Rowland and uh, what's that other girl, Laura Larza Pippen and shit like that, right, right. And now she's working actually on a film with Issa Rae as well. So there you go. I, there, I don't think that this is going to be a quickly just like even break one and done. I mm -hmm. think that there's going to be some things on both sides that might have to be talked about. But best wishes to everyone, um, to the entire family. Do you remember that video? Because <laughs> it's all I think about. Where she was at the basketball game and she was holding up the FaceTime to Carmelo, but she just seemed like so. And Cayenne was on the phone and she just seemed so. No, dis you not I seen don't. that video? I don't think I Like have. she looked pissed. She was like, here, talk to your son. It was like one of those types of things. And I laughed so hard. Right then and there, you could see that Lala was done. Like she was like, yeah, I'm done with this shit. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's been a couple of things that have happened, but I, I overall, you know what I'm saying? Was there, when the, one. When there's children involved and you have, you it's know, a long difficult. marriage, it's, you know, it could be tough. Yeah. So, Ooh, yeah. What do you have? Uh, the other the other thing I have, I just want to give another quick shout out to Nick Cannon. He had twins again. Maybe <laughs> that juice. With Abby De La Rosa, who is apparently a DJ. I don't know, but it happened on June 14th. Uh, and De La Rosa shared, shared the news on Instagram. This is courtesy of People Magazine. I just had it. Oh, so he named... Their kids, um, Zion Mixolydian Canyon, Cannon, no, and Zillion Air Cannon. Zillion, absolutely not. So Zion, so he's got Rock and Row and Zion and Zilly. No, now. I'm not. I don't see it. The question I have is: so is the twin gene with him? It or... probably is. I mean, Nick Cannon has. And I think he has more children outside of these. Yeah, he's, yeah. he got another child yeah, as well. Yeah, but what are the odds potent. to have twins with Mariah and then turn around and have twins with another person? Is does he is he carrying the twin is. gene? Probably so. Ladies, beware. Interesting, but I just wanted to give a shout out to that. 
Nick has got a lot of kids, actually. <laughs> I'm looking at this. Nick has a lot of kids. Yeah, I didn't I, know that's that. what I remember. I was like, he has a lot of children. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. Hoochah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this, and I'm finding out things I didn't know. Y'all, y'all better be careful. But now you know. Beware. Uh, okay, what else you got? Well, I, I wanted to talk really briefly about this Michael Costello drama. Because he tried to come for Chrissy Teigen. Well, I mean, so there were a couple of people that were trying to come for Chrissy Teigen. So I have been following this story, you know, lightly over the past couple of months. And mm-hmm. Chrissy Teigen has been brought to, um, has been brought to judgment in regards of, in terms of cyberbullying. Well, she's apologized. There's, there's and been a whole up. thing about cyberbullying and just. I think it was um, Courtney Stodden who she was apologizing. There's, so there's so there's been a couple of people, but with this recently, Michael Costello has really kind of come and held her feet to the fire. Michael Costello is a famous fashion designer who was first featured on Project Runway. I, said I actually remember food. watching him on Project Runway. I Very too. talented young man, um, but. Michael recently took to Twitter to talk just how deep the mm-hmm. cyberbullying went for him. Um, allegedly. At the hands of Chrissy Teigen. Alleg- right, allegedly. And he like released now, some messages, right? Well, he released some messages, but then Chrissy Teigen's reps have came back and said, you know, some of these were fabricated or these were not right. But let's not get over the fact. I just want to go ahead and make sure that we preface it with Michael was also going through his own cyberbullying thing when mm-hmm. he was... Um, Apparently, he's been very rude to, to fashion models and to stars and has told racist. people... Racist. has called, you know, has, has used uh, racial slurs, mm-hmm. um, has refused to dress certain um, actresses because they are not, quote-unquote, sample size, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and a number of things. And so, this all came to a head when Michael took to Twitter to kind of talk a little bit about how he was contemplating suicide. Mm-hmm. Because of how deep the cyberbullying was coming from Chrissy Teigen. Now, I'm not here to invalidate anyone, put anybody down. Hey, if that's what was happening with you, okay, got it. If you were traumatized, hey. he, he <laughs> So this is what he wrote. For the past seven years, I've lived with a deep, unhealed trauma. In 2014, I received a public comment from Chrissy Teigen on my Instagram page accusing me of being racist. She apparently formed her own opinion of me based on a Photoshop comment floating around the internet, which has now been proven to be false by Instagram and since has been taken down. Now, yes, that comment was Photoshopped. But everybody but else everybody, has come out and saying, no, now this is Now people true. have came back and said... Actually, absolutely not. Michael has a history of doing this. Yeah. Two people in uh, particular, Leona Lewis, mm-hmm. the singer from The X Factor, has Bleeding came back and was like, I've I've actually experienced this myself. I've seen how he talks to people. I've seen how he's bullying people. Mm-hmm. The other person, Ooh. Fallon from Real Housewives of Atlanta, has also came out and said, I've actually also had this experience as well from Michael. Um, and he's made me feel like he's brought trauma on me. And so it's now becoming a kind of whodunit, like right. pointing fingers at everyone. I think all in all, as as Chrissy has apologized, Michael definitely owes some apologies. And people need to start really taking, um, I, this kind of goes back to Rita as well. 
Like, we have to be, I think as celebrities, I said we. Did you Did you catch that? <laughs> did, you hear, did you catch that? I did. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. We have to really start taking into account how we talk to each other and how we talk to yeah. other people, even when we don't think that it's going to be seen. Yeah. Um, and I think Chrissy's learning that. Um, John Legend recently kind of made a, a comment saying that, hey, she's doing okay amongst all of this, but... People have threatened to like pull Chrissy Teigen's stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody did. Some I think it was from Target. I think Target. Pulled, oh, her cookware. Yes, cook, pulled her, her cookware. Yeah. Yep. My issue is just while I don't, well, I I don't know Michael Costello, so I just want to say I don't. Feel, I feel like the only reason why he's getting a lot of this heat now is because he tried to jump on the bandwagon of like accusing Chrissy Teigen of stuff. Yeah. And yep. it's like, well, baby, you didn't make sure that your own closet was clean first before That's you very decided true. to, Did you, you know, go back and you accuse somebody to else. Yeah. yeah, because now you got all these people out here saying that you was doing the same damn thing, if not worse. Yeah. And so I just, it feels like one of those instances while I feel like, does he deserve a space to like share, you know, his trauma and his, you know, thoughts of suicide? Absolutely. But at the same time, it's like... Maybe you should have just sat there and ate your food and, like, not said anything, you know? Possibly. I think, you know, if you feel like you've been done wrong, I think that you do have an opportunity to speak out, but you cannot get mad when, right. it, when it turns back on you. Or when, you should have acknowledged When the, somebody what he had pulls done. a you on you, you yeah. can't get mad. <laughs> What's that Wendy Williams with the wig is spinning? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't get mad when I pull a you on you. <laughs> Child. So that's all I'm going to say to that one. Uh, that's all I have. I wanted to make a, I know this is going to be another long podcast, but I wanted to get your remarks on Juneteenth being a national holiday now. Oh, I'm great. I'm, I'm, you know what? Hey, I'm happy for it. Let it be a, a national holiday. Let us get the day off. But then also with that, let's accompany it with some other action items. So what are we going to do? Do you think it's going to happen? Well, you know what? It might not happen on a federal level. It might not happen on a federal level where there are actual mandates, but people need to really start taking it upon themselves to make this holiday what it's what it should be. Um, and make and, and put the things in place that should be there. There's been a lot of people saying education in the schools, that needs to happen. So regardless of you know school curriculum of how it's handled Let's talk about Juneteenth. Let's teach about it. Let's talk about slavery um, and make that a more part of the educational curriculum that kids are getting. But you know that that's not going to happen because you have, so obviously you haven't read up on the critical Ooh, race. Child, don't try to read me. The critical race theory drama that's happening because they're taking all of that education out of schools. A lot of states are passing laws to where that they won't be able to read up and teach about Juneteenth or Tulsa or anything like that. Well, see, to me, that's crazy. So, like, yeah, how, so how are you going to say, oh, we, let's vote to make this a holiday, but then let's erase exactly. any of that learning. So exactly. you can't, so you can't have that. Exactly. But, also, it goes beyond like the educational curriculum. It it's really starts with how are people going to use this holiday? To me, is it any different than Cinco de Mayo now? Is it any different than St. Patrick's Day? Like well, all of I these holidays. I definitely don't want to see Juneteenth become a Cinco de Mayo. Well, I mean, like Cinco de Mayo has like real world implications, but yet people just you know think of it as a day to go out and drink. Yeah, and, I, and that's and not what Juneteenth like that. to me should be. I, I agree, but I 
feel like that's what's going to happen because, I mean, this no. is now a national holiday for everyone to have off, but we can't learn about it in school because of now all of these different laws and regulations coming into place. So what exactly are people supposed to do on Juneteenth now if you're not black? If you're not black? Because you're not going out of your way to learn about these things because a lot of people still don't even know what Juneteenth is or what it's about. You know, we do this every year. So, If like, you're not black, you need to be doing some type of reparations. If you can't do it monetarily, you need to do it through service. I just don't. I'm very sick. If you're not black. This. I'm here for the federal holiday. I think it was needed a long time ago. But I think it's, I feel like this trend of, instead of creating policies and things to actually make life better for all people of color and black people, let's give them a holiday. Let's paint Black Lives Matter on the street. Let's throw up a statue. Let's do everything we can. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? But it's for me. It's Superficially. A, but for me, it's improv. It's yes and what else? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yes. I do agree. that. Yes. Paint the street. Yes. Make it a holiday. But what else are we going to do? And then also on top of that, let's do ABC. Right. right. But I just, I, I have... Little to no confidence that that's going to happen. I'm hoping for the best, but I don't know. Well, you know, for me, it always goes back to media. And so if they're not going to teach it in schools, well, kids are going to learn it through something else. And so, yeah. you know, through projects like The Watchmen, through projects, you know, other projects. Uh, of Lovecraft let's figure Country. Out Lovecraft Country. Like, let's figure out how we're going to start educating our people. Yeah. Ooh, child. Okay. That's all I have. Okay, I don't have much else. Um, I watched The Housewife and the Hustler this past week. Who's in which that? Is a, it's an ABC News uh, special focusing mm-hmm. on Tom and Erica Girardi. Um, Erica Girardi, also known as Erica Jane, is a real housewife of Beverly Hills. And they've recently come under fire. I think I've talked about this in some previous um, episodes, but they've come under fire for... Uh, money fraud and laundering and embezzlement and uh they hulu released this hour special you can watch it on hulu now but really kind of takes you through how this happened um and the biggest lesson for me and the most eye-opening thing was is that tom girardi was not stealing from big corporations and big you know um, organizations. He was stealing from victims of uh, accidents, of like large accidents. So people who have either been um, victims due to a gas leak or a plane mm-hmm. crash and had received some type of settlement, he was taking their money, mm-hmm. which to me was kind of brought me like an about face of all this, of something I kind of just kind of like, oh yeah, you know. Housewives got have been in trouble for fraud before and money, you know, and all of that mm. stuff. But this is a direct violation of mm. working class people, um, which is made, which at least has me feeling some type of way. I don't know how they're going to get out of this. I don't know what will happen. The conversation now is whether or not Erica knew um, exactly what was going on and what Tom was doing. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know. Um, but. Something tells me, lady, if this man is giving you millions and millions of dollars, and if he has millions and millions of dollars in cash, um, he's actually on camera in, in, this, uh, in this special 
talking about how he's like, yeah, there's 50 million in cash, there's 80 million in cash. Um, that's a problem. Yeah. That's and you don't have to be a finance guru to know that that's an issue. Um, yeah, this was a very eye-opening special. They have Tom on voicemails apologizing to people, saying don't hate me, Ooh, don't child. be mad at me. It's, it's not going to be good for them. Um, and I don't know how, if Erica's even going to be able to weasel her way out of it. I think that she's tried to do that with this divorce, but I don't, I don't think that that's going to be the end all be all for her. So we'll see. Only time I would say we're going to have to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Another one bites the dust. Well, let's take a break, Marcus. And then we're going to come back with our spill segment. Awesome. Let's do it. All right, so we are back with our spill segment. Continuing with our Pride series, I okay. thought it would be fun if <laughs> I quizzed you on some Pride first in media. Okay. Okay? Now, I'm going to preface this with, I there are a lot of Pride first. There's a lot of right. things that have happened, yeah. you know, kind of starting in the gay 90s. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny that people used to say the gay 90s? That's where it first so really crazy. started, like, media started paying attention to, oh, like, queer stories. Yeah. Definitely. And so we're going to actually go over some of that today. But I did, the ones I selected may or may not have a particular affinity to a certain race of people. Um, I haven't looked, so I'm not looking. Because I didn't want to get canceled like Lynn. And so I chose to stick with all black people. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, if that wasn't the first, though, then does that count? Well, I did black people and Afro-Latinas. Okay. And you'll see that (laughs) kind of through here. Anyways, go on. So what I'm going to do is I'm basically <laughs> going to give you a first. Okay. And then you have to guess and you have to tell me what you think, um, you know. Were you being serious about, like, just black people? I'm being, and I'm being dead serious. Well, that's not I fair. Don't want, we should have done, like, I, pop culture no, 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 in general. No, 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 I did not want to get Who's canceled. Who's going to cancel you for the, And I didn't first. want you to have a Rita Moreno situation where people what? come to eat. No. No, because no. this is not going to be accurate then. It is going to be accurate. Okay, let's see, because I can already tell you... You're going to be surprised. ...who the first... Okay, You're going to be surprised, come on, come on, so let's come on. go. Do your show, right. girl. <laughs> let's go. All right, here come we on. go. Marcus, can you tell me the first TV show that showcased this, uh, for their uh, same-sex wedding? The, the first TV show to showcase a same-sex wedding. So I don't think that this is... True or fair. Why? But because you're just doing all black shows. No, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm the, I, there are many firsts in Pride history, but I chose to, I was only going to highlight some. I'm not going to do like the million, the, the hundreds of firsts in, in LGBT. Okay. Uh, so I know Noah's Ark had a wedding in season two. Okay. Go think sooner. Go earlier. I'm trying to think. Because, see, I, I keep thinking, like, Will and Grace also had a wedding. It did. Yeah. With, um... But I gave you a hint. It's black. It's like, it's this is going to be black-focused. Rooting for everybody black this time. And in the 90s, a, so was it a black show or was it just black characters? Black show. This is a black in show. In the 90s? It had a gay wedding? TV's first gay wedding. 
It's crazy. I, when I read this, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, are you being serious? But this is true. Okay, I'm still, hold on, I'm still thinking. I know the Ellen show had a gay. Think black, black sitcom. I know, that's what I'm, black I haven't seen, there wasn't a lot of black sitcoms that featured like gay characters. Uh, I don't remember anything on Living Single. Uh, I'm glad I did this. Okay, this is gonna. Okay, this is, I don't want to take too much time. So tell me. This is educational. Okay, I don't want to so, take too much time. The first openly, uh, the first same-sex wedding was actually featured on Rock in 1991. Who? Yes. So, funny enough, get this. This is the real gag. Yeah. Um. So in the episode, can't help loving that man, and uh -huh. this was in season one okay rock's gay uncle russell played by richard roundtree shaft really yes so he um actually he huh. surprised his family members when he um shared that he was planning to tie the knot with his male partner chris yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yep, and this was this was in 1991. Um, this was a mixed race couple wedding, of course, as we know, because blacks don't marry blacks, <laughs> and gay blacks don't marry blacks. But the <laughs> first same-sex wedding to be featured on television. I think that like groundbreaking, and I was like, whoa, good for y'all. I wouldn't have, I would not have guessed. I that. thought that was so dope. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Okay. All right, so this one, this next one, first openly gay actor playing a gay character on television. And this is still black centric? Black ish. Afro, I did, so I threw in like Afro Latinos as well because I I did not want to get canceled. Okay, so you say it, say it again? Yes, all right, so this is the first openly gay actor playing a gay character on television. In the 90s. The 90s, the gay 90s. Was it Billy Porter? No. Good guess, though. Yeah, I'm gonna say, because I know he was. I'm trying to think of all the out gay men back in the 90s. Black gay men in the 90s. Don't think just black. Think, like I said, because I did black, but I did also Afro Latino. Okay. I mean, they still black. Uh. In the 90s. Okay, give me a hint. Um. Ooh, okay. Uh, drawing a blank Claire Danes. I don't know. Go this ahead. Okay. My so-called life. Ricky. Ricky Vasquez. So, Wilson Cruz, mm -hmm. who's an openly gay man, in 1994, took to the screen playing Enrique Ricky Vasquez, a troubled gay teen. Um, in my so-called life. And you know what's funny is that Wilson's name came into my head, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know, I forgot that he was on that so, show, yeah. Funny enough, funny or not, this was for me one of the first times I saw a young Mine gay too. teen on television. Mine too. That was, that for me was like the first time that I, I was like, oh. Yeah, Wilson was cute too, still is. Yeah, he, he looks good. And he was also uh, in Noah's Ark, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, shout out to Playing him. Ricky's other Ricky's love interest. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Right. I didn't know that. 
All right, we'll do a few more. So okay, we, yes, okay. yes. I'll try not to be so long-winded. No worries. Okay. The first LGBT-themed film to win Best Picture. Moonlight. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, Moonlight, directed by Barry Jenkins. Who's also one um, of the girls. One of the girls. Now, I will say, how they won this was definitely a cringeworthy. La La Land. Oh, I'm sorry, not La La Land. Moonlight. Yeah, they so kind of took it away from them, but, moment. Yeah. But we're we not going to allow that to rain on our parade. We'll do one more, okay. okay? All right, this one you better get. First openly gay man to win a lead acting Emmy. That was Bailey. That was Billy yeah, Porter for Pray Tell. Yeah. And a well-deserved Emmy, I might add. But can we well. talk about how that was just all so recent? Like, in the... Uh, what? What do you call the late 2000s? <laughs> I, I mean... I mean, like, this just happened, like, a couple of years ago. Right. Like, but, so, great. I'm glad that you pointed that out, because one of the things that's been very interesting to see is the transition mm-hmm. of the gay character right. um, in media. Right. In film and in television. They've gone you from know, comic relief It's gone to from being a joke to actually being a more lot more... filled out character. Yeah, I agree. Definitely so. I agree. And I think one of the first that, were, that was actually included here um, is because, for me, the film Philadelphia stands out as one mm-hmm. that really did kind of dig deep and showcase a full multifaceted gay man being Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the the roles that have become available uh, for not only gay people, but also lesbians, for also but also trans mm-hmm. um, trans people as well has like the the roles have definitely beefed up and there's some really great things out there now. Um, there's still so. some work to do, but I agree. I think that, you know, I, there's a difference between having like what you were saying, the comic relief and just the very shallow roles and then having fully fledged characters that, you know, you people can relate to and, you know, grow with and feel passionate about and all of that jazz. Yeah. Like generations, hell. Yeah. Um, Okay, we'll do one more. I was gonna say, just, do one more. We'll yeah. do one more just to be. Um, do another. Okay. And since you said we we're gonna we're gonna do, should I do something from the white people? Either or, I don't care. Okay. Well, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was curious. All say. right. Okay, maybe not. So, first transgender person to appear on Time Magazine. Laverne Cox. Very good. And that was in 2014. It just happened. I was going to say it just 2014. Yeah. yeah. I, I, there was a reason why I remember because she was in the black dress and she was standing with her legs crossed and her arms down and she had the blonde hair. Yeah, I remember all these moments. She was also I mean, the first trans person to be nominated for an Emmy. Yes, she was. For Orange as well. Black. Yep. So, yes, shout out was. to these prize first. I think I wanted to do something like this because we talked recently about how no one is like there's this whole idea of like rainbow washing right. of just like people coming out and being like pride rainbows but like no one's talking about like the milestones the and the, the trailblazing yeah. that has happened and I so agree. we wanted to do something that spoke to that um, and just kind of remind people of like how far we've come and like while some of these things seem that they should have happened a lot earlier um, it's interesting but then also for that like rock episode who would have yeah, thought I would have never, I guessed never that. thought that rock or any black sitcom in the 90s 
would showcase a same-sex wedding. So that's why you had me skeptical. I was like, a black sitcom? It's crazy. It's crazy. In the 90s? Yeah. We watch a lot of them, and I ain't never seen no gay people. <laughs> exactly. So um, I just thought that, that was interesting and wanted to um, wanted to showcase that. I would give you the little thing like legendary. The, but the lay on me. Yeah. Yeah. The ballroom. Well, okay. Well, let's take yeah. a quick break, and then we will come back with our signature segment, Fizz or Flat. Okay. And we're back. I have to get. I, I have a hard yeah, I out. I have to say you do have a hard out. Okay, so let's roll through these quickly. I quickly. do not have. I do not have the time to sit here and play. <laughs> now I gave y'all my schedule. <laughs> this is ridiculous. All right, tell us about Fizzer Flat. What do you want me to say about Fizzer Flat? You have your whole little spiel. You want me to? How now it's time it? for our signature segment, Fizz or Flat. Go. This is the time in the week in the podcast where we highlight the moments that we wanted to give a fizz in pop culture <laughs> and the moments that we want to give it a flat. Girl, get him a script. Yeah, I would say in a flat if we're not. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I'm just freestyling. Good job. Let's. Go, I'm gonna go first. Actually, no, I want to go first. Uh, uh-uh, I want to go first. Okay, go ahead. Because mine's gonna be quick. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out and a huge fizz to the cast of Legendary for a very tumultuous season two. But baby, baby, they said our story is not done. I don't. I didn't think. I thought that they would get renewed. I I figured they would get renewed, but I'm just saying, like it was a very tumultuous season too. Do you think that they'll make changes to the judging? Panel? I think they should. Okay. I don't think that they'll listen to us, but I think that they should. I think they should make some changes, not only to the judging panel, but also the format of the show. But I don't think they're gonna listen to us because from it look the looks of it, then the way that some of the um the judges in the cast were speaking, season three might have already been filmed. And so that no, would be very interesting. I doubt it. No, yeah. I don't think. I don't think. For me, I would hope not. I don't think that they could do another season without an audience. I would. I think hope we gave not. them a pass because of COVID. Right. But no. Now, I agree. I would have. But it, from the wording, it sounded like it looked like season three had already been filmed. They might be auditioning. But I hope that they make format changes and a couple of alterations to the judging panel. But overall, I give it a fizz because as much as I have critiques about the show and the format, I love the content and the ballroom scene and seeing them go out there and doing their things. So it's a fizz for me. Okay. I'll give it a fizz as well. I'm happy to see them come back. Good. All right. So first up for me, Terrica Brown, who we all know as Gorilla Glue Girl, has recently announced that she is launching her own hair care line. Is it Terrica or Tessica? Terrica. Okay. Isn't it? You have Tessica on the sheet, but I didn't know what's her name. Um, I think it's Terica. Oh, okay. Wait, what do I? What does that say on? You me? have Tessica Brown. Oh, you know what? Thank you. It is Tessica. My bad. Okay. <laughs> it is Tessica. I'm like Terica. Who's Terica? Well, excuse me. I know I call her Gorilla Glue Girl. But you know what? Her funny? real name is Tessica. What I was mentioning to you other, earlier. I was thinking about Tabitha Brown. Oh, no. <laughs> I was thinking about Tabitha, because Tabitha no. Brown is her last name, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about Tabitha, no, and I was like, Tessica, excuse me. Okay. Thank you. Tessica Brown, <laughs> Gorilla Glue Girl, yes. is launching her own hair care line called I Forever saw, Hair. I saw. All right. Now, apparently, with this, um, Tessica is coming out with a hairline for people who 
want the shiny, durable hold of a furniture glue, but without the permanence and pain of a furniture glue. <laughs> now, you we all learn. remember this girl who... Yeah. January. The, who did this... Spray, sprayed Gorilla Glue on her head and did some, some very... Um, intense damage to her scalp and had to have it actually surgically removed. Her hair looks good now. Um, it looks good now. It's coming back. It's coming together. Now, I'm not sure really how to feel about this hair care line. Um, to me, I'm I'm a little I'm a little conflicted because part okay. of me is like saying, now was this are you are you capitalizing off of something that was absolutely like bad and like traumatic for yeah, you? Traumatic absolutely. and like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think she gains okay. so much attention and like everybody, you know, wants to be comfortable. Make this money. Make this money. Your name is out there. You are you will forever be stamped online as the Gorilla Glue Girl. Makes it no different than Sweet Brown, Cold Pop. She got a whole teeth deal and all of that stuff and turned her life around. If well, you let can me capitalize say, I think on it's a, moment, a little different for Sweet Brown because Sweet Brown was on like a news right. cast or whatever. But like she that. still went viral. Jessica made the chance, made the choice to put herself on social media and Fair. say what what actually happened. Fair and kept us all updated about right. what was going on, and so was gaining this kind of notoriety. From this, that was actually tragic. I I'm scared about what possible message this could send to someone else who's looking to kind of have a similar come up. Well, I think I agree with that, but at the same time, I think this is a way of making taking lemons, lemons and making them in lemonade and making lemonade. Okay, Mama Joyce. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think that this is because I would do the same thing. Like if something happened to me. You know, that wasn't life-threatening, obviously. Well, this was life-threatening, well, actually. Was it life-threatening? It, it, it actually really was. Okay. Like, the fact that you had... Like, she had to be put under to get that taken off of her head. Like, okay. this, it, it was serious. Okay. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I would give it a fizz. I think if you want to capitalize off of your... Tra- it'd be different. So what if somebody else capitalized off of her tra- trauma? And that what, would be and an calling issue. calling it like Gorilla Glue or something And like, like that. had her picture and shit like that. Like that would be what? an issue. They can't use her likeness. Why couldn't they? They can't. They can't if she doesn't have a copy her, written, she would be, they would be able put, to. They can't put your face on something. If she's not it. had it, if she didn't get copywritten, no, she, she could, could absolutely. No, all she had to do was call Ben Crump and he would have had that shit off of there. Child. As soon as, as soon as it got up there. I'm here for it. Now, does the product actually work? That's what we Child, should be And asking. I will never find out because the one person I will not be taking hair advice from is the girl who <laughs> sprayed Gorilla Glue on her head. But you know, a lot of like some of, some of the, the best products and stuff that you use now come from mistakes, come from people's mistakes. Name one. Like a lot of the, I'm, I can't name off the top. I'm right. just saying no. like food mm-hmm. recipes. Like how do you think a lot of these things get created? Like people made no. mistakes, I'm good. and then like something beautiful came out of it. So I'm gonna, I gonna, give it a fizz. No, she's not gonna have me looking like her. I'm, I'm. So I'm, what you're saying is that you don't support black business. Got it. Okay, let's move yeah. on. What's your next topic? I don't. I, you're right. I don't support every black business. <laughs> no, you don't support any black business. Well, you better let true. this girl get her. Well, that's come not up. true. I am a black business, so that's, that's what not business true. do you got? Hello. Minding your business. That's about the only business you got. This is a business. Um, 
You're okay. an employee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Let's get that right. Um, no. So, Lena Waite. Wait, wait, oh, wait. Did you give this a fizz or a flat? I give it a flat. It's what? A, it's a flat oh, girl. Me. Okay. <laughs> All right, pop stars. It's a flat. Don't, don't support like black business. Yeah, I don't like this. Okay. That's fair. I would have just wow. kind of. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, this just doesn't sit well with me for some reason. God forbid like something it. happened to you that you recover from and you want to capitalize I, on you it. You know what? I would be for you know. But you know what? I am not the same because I would have <laughs> died. I would. I don't think I would have put myself online like that. Yeah, I would have never. I, done I just that. wouldn't have done that yeah, if I, I did something like that. that. That was yeah. So clearly, I don't want to say irresponsible, stupid, but. Maybe not using my best judgment at that time, mm-hmm. I would, I I would not. And let's say that I got out of it, I definitely I would I would sell off into the into obscurity. I don't want anybody looking at me. I see. I kind of disagree because again, like if you're able to look back on like, man, that was really stupid, but you're doing fine now, and you want to, you know, a better life for yourself. I mean, how do you think Monica Lewinsky feels? We're not going to talk. We're, we're not going to compare. You know, she had a traumatic here. experience in her life, which was sort of hers choice as well. I get I take that back. Yeah, no, I don't. What? I don't even want to get but into that. How do you think she feels? And she's capitalizing off her name off of something that happened back in the 90s. But you know what? So the difference with Monica and okay. the difference with Tessica uh-huh. is that Monica is trying to change the narrative right and separate herself from that you must not follow her on twitter and say you know i'm not going to do that i mean monica lewinsky is not coming out with knee pads a lot of knee pads for right but she makes a lot of references about this like every time like you should go look at her twitter i don't you're right i don't follow her on twitter Twitter. so she makes a lot of blowjob jokes or Go look at her Twitter. Does she? Gonna, I mean, I don't know. Does she? I'm not going to necessarily say they're blowjob jokes, but she'd like somebody will say something that is clearly a reference to what happened, and then she'll have like a smart so that's different. Or something. So I feel like that's, that's different. If somebody's, if somebody's coming she's and making saying something, fun of, she's in on the joke. So for me, so I why can't Tessica be in on the joke? Well, no one is coming and saying, "Oh, Tessica, you should co-, like." What, what no. do you think the whole pad, the whole January was of her? No, I don't online. think anyone is coming and saying like, "Oh, Tessica, it's, like you need to do um, your own hairline," or you know things like that. I feel like. What? I feel like Tesca is, I feel like she's doubling down on, yes, I did this really stupid thing, and now right. I'm going to monetize it Absolutely. as much as possible. As she should before Which, I strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think for me, I'm a little concerned about what message this comes, like if people for want other to, people. Yeah. If, okay. So like, oh, if I'm, shoot, I guess if I'm trying to sell something, let me do something silly. Let me do something crazy. But why does it got to do that? Why does it necessarily have to be something that's harmful to you? What if it's just a silly thing that gets you a lot of attention and then you capitalize on it? Who said it has to be harmful to you? Well, I don't think, you know what? I think if you went and asked Tessica today when she did that Gorilla Glue, if she thought that it was going to have the harmful the, effects, the harmful and permanent that's effects true. that it really did have on her scalp. That's I think true. that she would probably say, I didn't know that it was going to do that. That's true. So I find that hard to believe because I mean, it's, but she put it on her head. So I guess it's not too far fetched. 
Okay, I mean, let's move on. Know. You're right. I, 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 but yeah, I mean, gr- for me, I'm just like, okay. You solid know, hey. facts on both sides. Okay. I know we got to get moving. What else you got? All right. So the last thing that I had is Lena Waithe has recently announced that she's going to be launching her own record label. Helmingrad Records is going to be a joint venture partnership with Def Jam Recordings. Uh, this is coming very soon after Issa Rae has kind of na- announced her um, ventures into music with Issa Radio, with radio, um, and some other things. But I don't know how to feel about this one. Marcus, what are your thoughts? I think I will just say that there is room for everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this Hillmangrad Records is supposedly supposed to develop this generation of underrepresented artists. And so, in my head, this is going to be a lot of like, Black artists, this is going to be some mm-hmm. queer artists who might not have been getting their just due in the music game, mm-hmm. um, which we know has happened. There's a history of time that going on. Um, and so I think that there's going to be, I, like, I would love to just see, like, what kind of artist and who she's going to sign. I think this. I think the only thing I would implore Lena to do, because I don't know all of the details, and this could have been years in the making way before Issa's announcements and stuff like that. I just want to encourage Lena to have some more original ideas. Like the show them, clearly a bite off of us. The <laughs> you know, this, you know, Issa's already announced this and it kinda seems like she's constantly playing catch up and like biting off like a generic version. And so I wanna see her just to have some more original, genuine ideas well, like I Masters say, of None the, and the stuff shy like is that. completely and the original. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm here for that. I just, it kind of seems like she's playing catch up to like these great ideas that have already happened. And so I want to make sure that she doesn't get into a pattern of doing that. But I'm here for it. There's room for everybody. I definitely think that, I think it'll take some time to see what exactly this is going to be, of whether this is just another like project to kind of occupy right. time, or if this or is, is going to be a money bigger. grab, or yeah. if this is going to be actually something that she wants to do that's going to change the face of music. Right. Um, Because we don't def- need another Chasing Destiny, where you just oh, bring these people gosh. on and then drop them. Chasing foolery. Um, we don't need that. But I think uh, with this, hopefully she's going to be bringing some new talent that might not have got their, their um, opportunity. So I'll give it a fizz. I'll give it a fizz. Yeah. All right. What are we taking from this episode? Um, I think for me, it is going back to the... Um, it's going back to the spill segment of just realizing where gay media has kind of... I don't want... I don't... Mm, what, what do I want to say here? Gay media has definitely had its ups and downs. There have been some great things that have happened. There have been some um, great triumphs. I think Pose is a huge triumph and celebration um, in itself. But there's also a lot of work to do. Yeah. The fact that out of the, let's say, the six that we did, one, two, three, four, five, five of them happened in the late 2000s. Yeah. And And that's a problem. Yeah, I agree. I think what I'm taking away from this is if you have gone through an experience and you've learned from it and healed, I don't see anything wrong with capitalizing off of that. If it can help someone else not make the same mistake and get you a little money in the process, 
I don't think that that's an issue. I think if Tessica went through this and, you know, learned from it and now she's come with this hairline so that other people who might not be as um, or who might be just as unwittingly uh, unwitting as she was that would have put glue in their hair now has a product that they can use instead of glue because yeah. of Tessica. And she lived that experience and knows what it's like. And so now she's put out a product to prevent other people from doing that. I think it's okay to profit off of your pain. If you've healed properly and know why, you know, the reasons behind, I think there's a little bit of work that needs to go into that, but I also don't think that there's anything wrong because it's your, it's yours, you know, it's your, it's your story. It's part yeah. of your story. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. Where can they find us? Um, you can find me, uh, 242, that's where I'll be at. Um, no, you can find, uh, the Cold Pop Show. You can find us on Twitter and on, uh, Instagram at Cold Pop Show, Cold Pop Podcast on Facebook. Um, and you can find me at Trenton Rashad on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on all the socials at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end. Don't forget to... Check out our YouTube channel. And if you have comments or an email you want to send us, send us an email at coldpopshow at gmail.com. All right, let's get out of here. All right, guys. Pop stars, until next time, see ya. Bye. <laughs>